Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. If you are a wine lover like myself and you gotta have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge, So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses try firstleaf.com slash roses creams and serums are made of 70 percent water 15 percent preservatives and emulsifiers leaving only around 15 percent for the active ingredients that your skin needs but luckily now there's fiber skincare 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. 
If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Welcome to a very special Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues. And whether you indulge in the Christmas holiday or not, or holidays in quotes in general or not. Or if you're in a war against the holidays, etc. <laughs> if, if you're waging <laughs> a war on Christmas, whatever the case may be, this episode is coming out on Christmas Eve. So we have decided to engage in the rich tradition of giving gifts this holiday season. And this episode is a gift. It is a gift we are giving to the pit. It is a gift that in many ways the pit gave to us. It's a, it's a gift that we're sharing with everyone and that we ourselves are experiencing. Yes. I can't believe that this is real. I can't believe that this has happened. This was perhaps the most fun we've ever had doing an interview. Yes. Well, we've had a lot of fun interviews. And look... We've interviewed previous crowns. We have interviewed the biggest YouTube Bachelor player of all time. We've interviewed many other important figures. <laughs> but today, we got to talk to someone very special that Clues and I were extremely excited to talk with. So we hope that you enjoy it. We hope you enjoy unwrapping this holiday present. And we just want to thank everybody who has been in the pit with us since we went back and looked. June 18th, 2019 was our first episode. We recapped Hannah Brown's sixth episode. We just came <laughs> came in right in the middle. Mid-season. And the person that we are about to interview was in that season. So we hope you enjoy. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Whatever you may be celebrating or not celebrating. This has been a great year at Gore in the bottom of the pit, and we hope next year is just as good. We are humbled and honored to be joined today by the most influential, the most important, the greatest parental player of all time, Barbara Sweetnums Weber, Pilot Pete's mother who has become a parasocial powerhouse with an incredible 108,000 Instagram followers of her own. When compared to all other Bachelor players in the big Instagram chart, you come in 154th in between Bachelorette Season 11's Chris Strandberg and Bachelorette Season 14's Wills Reed. Some impressive company to be keeping. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. What can I say here? <laughs> oh, boy. Bachelor royalty. And, and you know what? And to think that I only had 29 people on my Instagram forever and ever. Before you came into The Bachelor, you had 29 followers. Now you have 108,000. Yeah. Yeah, 29. That's fantastic. Yeah. Some impressive gains. It is. Barbara, thank you so much for joining us. It's beyond a dream come true. You're not just our favorite parental player of all time. You are a game-changing force in our beloved game who really defined the key moment of one of the most important seasons in the game's history. And we want to get to all of that. But first, we want to get into your life how you came to be the person you are today. 
Well, first of all, I want to say it's a pleasure to be on with you guys. I love you guys. First of all, you know, and foremost. Oh, thank you. Oh, love level four from Sweet Nums. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I'm I'm a I can I consider myself a a strong person, you know, um a very transparent person. Um, and I think a lot of it had to do with my upbringing and, you know, it was just my mother and myself. So it was like, um, you know, that song that goes you and me against the world. It was you, it was Helen Reddy and it was you and me against the world. You know, it's such a, a, a those words mean so much to me because it was uh, just my mom and I, and we had to face so many things, especially coming from a different country not speaking the language. And I was, you know, the one that learned English first. So I was her protector hmm. in, in the same way she was mine, but I was also hers. And um, wow, she was like, I would say my first child. <laughs> and uh, I just, you know, I'm just that kind of a person because I, I think I learned so much, you know, going through what we went through and it wasn't easy. So that's what gives me the strength today of um, just being Barbara. And this was in the 60s. You were you came from Havana and you were living in the Chicago area in the 60s as a kid. What was that like? Oh boy. You know, it was uh it was an experience. It was an experience. Uh, like I said, we didn't know the language. It was it was tough. It was really tough. But and we were very very poor. I I can't stress that enough. We were very poor with money but so rich with love. So, so rich. You know, I never knew how poor we were, to be honest with you. I never knew how poor we were. And, uh, you know, I, I guess like, you know, just in the question prior, you know, what made me me, it was all these little different scenarios and all these different avenues that we took and paths that, you know, it, it was tough, but it made you such a, a, a strong individual, someone that, you know, can probably just face just about everything in life. And I'm so ever so grateful that, you know, I, I went through that in a way, you know, you have to stay positive. And the way I, I, I'm a very positive person. And I always say that taught me to really appreciate, you know, being even more positive in later years in life. Wait, what made your mom decide to move you guys to America? Um, my dad, my dad was a judge of the Supreme Court in Cuba and they had to leave because Castro came in oh. and my mother and him left a year and five months before I was able to join my mother because my dad died. And uh, so, you know, they had to leave or else they were going to get killed. So I stayed behind with my grandmother and my uncles and aunts. And then I met, you know, when I got here, you know, my mom, you know, it was just like I said, you know, her and me against the world. Wow. And so Dang. all of this is going on, but still you have access at this point, a young age to American media. As you're growing up as a kid, what kind of movies, TV shows, songs, what kinds of things of that nature are you getting into and really discovering? Hey, hey, with the monkeys. Well, you know what? The monkeys was my favorite show and I would uh -huh. watch it every week. And, you know, and I would just being an only, you know, child, um, I guess 
you know, I, I had these imaginary friends and the monkeys were my friends, you know, on TV. Wow. So yeah, I, um, you know, the monkeys was a really good, you know, good one for me. That was one, probably my favorite one. What kind of music do you like now? If I may ask, it started with the monkeys and where are you at now? Still with the monkeys, maybe? No, 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 I love the monkeys still. Um, you know, I love that song. I'm a believer, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm a little old fashioned. I love Sinatra. I like Michael Bublé. I like um, Engelbert Humperdinck. I, I like the uh-huh. old, old songs, you know. Crooner type. Yeah, I like those, mm-hmm. you know. And then, of course, I like the Backstreet Boys because Peter really got me into that when he was growing up. Everybody was Backstreet Boys everywhere. Uh huh. <laughs> wow. Just after high school, you started to engage in pageant competition and you're named the queen of Chicago's lakefront festival. Mm-hmm. You get to do functions with the mayor of Chicago and eventually become Miss Illinois world America. Yeah. What drew you to compete in these pageants? What was it like in terms of competition, friendship, the overall experience? You know, the friendships I still have to this day, I still have some of them, you know, some of them I have not been in touch with, but um, I still have great friendships with some of them, you know, today. Um, What got me into it, I think more than anything, again, because I am an only child, I, I really enjoy being around people. It it just, it it just, it's like that other arm for me, you know, just being around them and, and conversing and I actually talk to everyone on the street to let me know that. Okay. <laughs> Just to let you know, I talk to everyone when I'm on an airplane and I sit down Really, every, every time when I'm on an airplane and I sit down, I always look at the person next to me and go, hi, how are you? And, oh, what a great day. You know, whatever. Just to get them going. And if they don't say much, then I go, oh, oh, it's going to be a long flight. But the majority of the times, you know, you, you spark up conversations and, and it's such a great way, you know, to meet people and and just to learn more about them. And I love different cultures. And so when I got into the Miss Illinois, first of all, it was uh, Lake Chicago Lakefront Festival. Um, that was something really big, you know, in Chicago. And I thought, oh, my God, what a great thing to do. You know, it's I lived right not too far from there. And I thought this is this is exactly, you know, my alley. I would love to do something like this, you know, and I got that. And then I saw, um, you know, they were advertising, um, I guess in the paper for what was it? The Miss Illinois world. And I had heard friends of mine saying that they were going to go and participate. And we all thought, Hey, let's all do it together. So we did. And, uh, it, it was such an experience. It was really very, um, to me, it was just very touching because I got to meet these girls that became later like sisters. Mm-hmm. And uh, and because I didn't have a sister, hey, I, I loved all of that. You know, I really did. And and to this day, like I said, you know, I still keep in touch with the girl that won the Miss Illinois World pageant after I did. Oh, wow. So it's, it's great. It's great. Wow. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do a special talent? No, no. Um, the only ones that you do special talent for is Miss America. Mm. And I didn't do that one. Yeah, I didn't do that one. We basically had interviews, um, you know, evening gown, bathing suit competitions, that kind, you know, uh, more or less, but not talent. Gotcha. If I may go back to the thing you said about when you get on a plane and you just talk to whoever's sitting next to you, <laughs> do you ever get recognized? Yes. 
Is anybody like, oh my God, you're Barbara Weber. And then you have just like an hour long conversation where they annoy you because they're saying everything about like, <laughs> tell me about everything that happened in the show. No, you know, you know, it was so funny. Not too long ago, I was going, um, I was going on a plane with Peter and little Peter, or little Peter, I should say my husband, my husband's name is Peter too. Little Peter. So younger Peter, I should say. <laughs> and uh, we were, you know, he had gone to get me some things to eat for breakfast you know, before we boarded and I have my mask on. Okay. This is cool. I have my mask on. I have my sunglasses on and I have a cap on. There's no way you can mm-hmm. tell it's me. Right. Celeb. So I, the phone rings and I go, Hey, but can you get me a burrito? Blah, 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 blah. And as soon as I hung up, the girl next to me goes, are you Barb? I go, Oh boy, by Barb, <laughs> I guess just my <laughs> voice, you know? Um, it was Bud. It was fun. You know, we, we started talking and yeah, it, you know, it, it is. It's it's a lot of fun. And, and it's it's funny how many people do watch the show, you know, even people that I'm not even you know familiar with, you know, they, hello, how are you? And I love mm-hmm. I love people. So it's it's fine for me. I love talking to them. And then after the pageant stuff, you start get, getting interested in cheerleading and you became a member of the Chicago Honey Bears, which is a now defunct cheerleading squad for the Chicago Bears. That's the NFL we are talking about here, which has a lot of tie-ins to our beloved game. That's The Bachelor. That's what we call it. Yes. So how did that come (laughs) about? How did you get interested in wanting to be a cheerleader for the NFL? What were the tryouts like? What was that whole experience like? Oh, boy. You know, that again, I saw it in the paper. I always read the paper, you know, the Chicago Sun Times. It was always there for me. But um, I noticed that they were having tryouts for the Bears, the cheerleaders. And I thought, you know what? I'll try. I'll, 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 I, I have nothing to lose. I love to dance. So, you know, I thought I'll try for it. You know, go for it. And I did. I went for it. They had 2,500 girls trying out. And uh, then they picked 28. And oh uh, well, it was, it was, you know, it, and it was so funny because, you know, everybody, I noticed it later on because I, they had pictures and all that. Everybody came in with their little, like, you know, those um, like dancing out, uh, dancing suits, you know, the little strings here and just very kind of sexy. And here I come in with shorts and they weren't sexy. I mean, they were fine, but they shorts and a, and a top that was long sleeves. And I thought, okay, so I'm different from everybody else here. I didn't dress up, you know, like that, but luckily enough, um, I got it. You know, I was really happy. What was it like doing cheerleading in an NFL game to a giant arena full of people screaming? I mean, that's an experience not a lot of people get to have. No, that's the experience that when you have gum in your mouth and you accidentally swallow it when you're chewing gum. <laughs> <laughs> you accidentally, you know, oh, you know, going back. Lots of choking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was a great experience, I'll tell you. It's um something that I'll always treasure and have very close to my heart. Go Bears. Are you still in any way uh, affiliated with the NFL? Do you keep in contact with anybody from the organization? You know what? The cheerleaders, there's some cheerleaders, well, not now, but you know, the cheerleaders back then, I still keep in touch with some of them. Yeah. 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 And like I said, it's a sisterhood, you know, which Mm -hmm. is, Mm -hmm. is so, it's, it's just so nice to have still after so many years, you know, and we talk about it and stuff. I think that's actually very similar to the players on The Bachelor. All the players who go into those mm-hmm. seasons together have a very similar kind of bonding experience through 
all the different traumas they suffer at the hands of the producers, but also the positive experiences that they have uh, as they're in the show as well, you know? Oh, yeah. I completely agree with you 100% on that one. (laughs) In the mid-80s, you become a flight attendant, which is where you famously meet 747 Flyer, and the rest is obviously history, a.k.a. Big Peter. (laughs) Did you think you would meet your husband in that job? Was did was it in a newspaper again? <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. I, I, you know, I never expected to meet him. Um, or actually, I never expected to meet anyone. You know that I was going to marry. But the day that I met him, I knew I was going to marry him. The day that I met him, I said to myself, "That is the man I'm going to marry." That's also very bachelor esque. <laughs> the love at first sight kind of thing. Yes, love at first sight. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? A twenty hour, a two hour, two hour getting to know each other. Yeah, basically, you have a lot of qualities that are similar that line up with the Bachelor. Maybe this is genetic. Maybe you pass <laughs> those on to Peter, and that's why he was such a fantastic player in his time in game. But you've been married now for around thirty years. You have two sons. What has it been like for you to raise two boys? Beautiful, fantastic. I love, love having them. You know, they, when I, um, I remember when I first, uh, when they told me I was having, Peter was my first son and then Jack, and they told me I was having a boy. I'm like, but I don't know anything about boys. I know about Barbie dolls and I know about all these other things, but I don't know what toys to get boys, you know? And then, you know, shortly after that, it was like, what do I got to get a girl? If I ever had a girl, what do I get her? Because I got so used to having boys, you know, and, and they're so easy to take care of. I have to say, they're so easy to take care of. Um, they always say that. And I think you probably heard it, that boys growing up are a little bit harder because they're always falling or doing crazy little things. And I do have some of those <laughs> that were always trying to be very adventurous. And then as they get older, it becomes easier. And girls, it's easier when they're younger. And then, you know, I mean, excuse me, harder. When, for, for girls, it's easier and then harder. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, um, with my boys, we, we're a very, very close family. And it's always been easy for me. Yeah. I mean, with them, just with the idea of them falling here and there, but they've always been really good kids, you know, very obedient and loving and respectful of others. So uh, we've been truly blessed to have them. You just mentioned that they did do some crazy things. Do you have any stories you can tell us about Peter? What is the craziest thing he did as a kid? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I mean, do we have all day? Um, (laughs) uh, I I have to tell you, I mean, crazy, crazy. You know, he, he's a, he's a um, very competitive person. Uh, extremely competitive. He knew how to slalom ski, water ski by the time he was four years old. Oh, wow. He was water skiing on one ski. Yeah, he was very good. But um, very, very, like I said, anything about him, he's very... My other son, Jack, for some reason, has more like his head like, well, if I'm going to do this, this could happen. Peter is not like that. Peter says, I'm going to do this and go for it. And one day, I'll never forget, this is... Um, he was in second grade and uh, I didn't know about it until later, but I found out that he was a swimmer, you know, and, and when he was younger, he was um, in the junior Olympics and uh, 
him and his friend in second grade decided to see who could hold their breath the longest. <laughs> I did not know that. Later, years later on, I found out that Peter held his breath to the point that he passed out. Underwater? And oh my I was, God. and because his friend was a swimmer too. So they wanted to see who was the one that was going to be able to hold their breath more underwater. And I go, you did what? And it was his friend that told me that even Peter to this day told me that. And I go, you what? He says, yeah, I held my breath just to see, you know, if I could stay down, you know, in the water much longer. And I'm like, oh my Lord. So Every time I turn around, you know, it's either he's going to go skydiving. He wants to do this. He wants to do that. It's like, you know, I still have my nerves with him. Yeah. The the drink on the golf cart. I'll never forget. Oh, the golf cart. Oh, you know, that was a day that I don't ever want to relive again. It was awful. I was out in New Jersey with two of my friends and we were in the car driving and um, I get a phone call and you know, and I thought, this is kind of strange, a phone call from, it was in Costa Rica. And I thought, well, this is strange. So I answered it. And then of course, you know, Peter gets on and I could hear, you know, mom knows voices, what their tones Mm -hmm. are. And I'm like, hi, bud. And he goes, I just want to tell you before it comes out, you know, before you read anything, I go, what happened? I don't know what I did. I actually got out of the car. Well, I told my girlfriend, stop. I went on somebody's lawn. I wasn't even thinking. I just started walking back and forth. And I said, what happened? And he goes, well, I'm, you know, tells me the whole story of what happened. My heart is just like about to, he says, you know, he says, mom, calm down. I go, no, you don't understand. I'm taking a flight to Costa Rica tonight. I have <laughs> got to get down there tonight to see you. And, and he goes, no, seriously, they're going to take me to, you know, they took very good care of him and everything, but still as a mom and being so many miles away from him. And, you know, like I said, I, you know, I, I just, I just didn't even know what to expect, you know? So um, luckily everything turned out okay for it, but I'm not big on golf carts. <laughs> <laughs> they can have them. I don't want golf carts. <laughs> when you were growing up, we know you're into the monkeys. Do you remember what the first reality TV show that you watched was? Reality TV. You know, at that age, they really didn't have, we didn't have the reality TV you know, at that time, like they, they have it now in, in the last few years, you know, we didn't have reality TV. You know, if anything, the very first reality show that I ever watched when I really think about it and look back was the first season of The Bachelor, you know, with Trista and Ryan. Really? That was the very first one I watched. The first season of Bachelorette with Trista and Ryan? Of Trista and, and Ryan? Yeah. That was Bachelorette. Yeah, that one. That's the very first one I watched. Okay, interesting. Wow. And she was a player in the first season of Bachelor. Both of that the first season of Bachelor was in two thousand two, and Bachelorette was the next year. Interesting. So you you've been a fan of the franchise, or at least aware of it, for a very long time. I was, yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, I was really a fan of it when then when they first came out. I was a big fan, you know, because at that time Mm -hmm. I love the romance. Uh, Like I said, all the singers that I gave you earlier, they all have romance in them. You know, they're, they're that kind of that feel. And I loved that Trista and Ryan, you know, the, the times that they were together. I loved all of that because to me, it was very romantic. It was right from the heart. You know, I, I love that. 
Did you ever think that you would yourself become a reality star one day? Nunca. No. <laughs> absolutamente nunca pensé de eso. Nunca. Nunca, nunca, nunca. No, absolutely not. I, I didn't, um, you know, like I said, I, I'm just very happy being, you know, Peter and Jack's mom and, you know, wife to my husband, Peter. And I, I, that's my, that's my everything in life. You know, that's everything in life. So the bachelor is kind of, or bachelorette season one is kind of your first entry as a fan, at least into reality television, modern reality TV, the post 2000 era. Were you also watching like survivor and big brother and stuff like that? Or was it primarily just bachelor? Hmm. No, I didn't watch any of that. I just watched the, the, the bachelor. Interesting. I remember I watched certain, uh, I watched, uh, Jake, Pavelka, Pavelka, I believe yeah. his name was the mm. pilot. I watched mm-hmm. his season and I watched Juan Pablo's season. I love Juan Pablo. Yeah, season 18. That was a very important season. It was the... Yeah, was that it? I loved, I loved Juan Pablo. He got, you know, I mean, and I think the reason I liked him so much is that he was his own person. You know, he, 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 mm-hmm. no matter what they said to him or, you know, people after the show or whatever, he stood his ground. And... I'm a firm believer that, you know, hey, I look up to people like that. Do you remember what was your first experience with social media? Did you have like a Friendster, a MySpace? Did you come in on Facebook, Instagram? You know, I Facebook, no, Facebook. And uh, I probably, you know, because not too many people I knew were on Facebook. And uh, I remember having dinner one night with two of my other girlfriends and they're talking about Facebook. And I go, what is Facebook? And they said, oh, you know, blah, blah. And they told me what it was. And I said, oh, I think I'll try it. And you know what? I did. And I probably had maybe 29 friends too on it, you know? Uh-huh. And, uh, and just, but that was just like, you know, really close friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that was the very first time was Facebook. And then uh, Instagram came in much later, much, much later. And, uh, then, like I said, I, I still, I'm not computer savvy at all. Okay. I have my phone. I don't have a computer. I don't have an iPad. I don't have any of that. I just have my phone because I, I'm not a computer person, you know, computer savvy. I don't know what you're talking about. Your, your name in the corner says iPhone Barbara. (laughs) (laughs) I do. I have my phone. That's, I do carry my phone with me. Because I'm always talking to people or sending messages. I do know how to do that. <laughs> That's all you need to know how to do. I I mean, the phone is a computer. It's the most important computer. As long as you got that, I feel like you're good. But we always like to ask people, especially people that are involved with The Bachelor, what their first kind of entry into the parasocial world was. What kind of social media did they first cut their teeth on? And how? Like, what role does it play in your life now? Would you say you're on Instagram a lot? over the course of the day? You know, I, I don't, um, yeah, yes and no, I would say, um, I'm on, if it's like a special thing for me, you know, something like, um, that I want to, you know, to share with others because I'm so happy about it, then I do post it, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I do share it with others. Um, but no, not just, not just, I don't put things out just to put things out. You know, I, it has to be something very, very special for me. But are you looking at a lot of other accounts? Do you spend a lot of time looking at Instagram? Are you on TikTok, for example, at all? No, 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 I don't do TikTok. (laughs) 
No, I don't look, I don't look at others' accounts. I, I mean, other people's accounts. I don't, you know, I don't do any of that. Um, you know, I'm having a hard time enough with mine, just trying to get on to, <laughs> you know, to, to mine. I'm, I'm trying to, you know, to do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I enjoy it because like I said, I, I like conversations and I can't, there's a lot of times that people, you know, will, um, I will get a message, something, but I can't, you can, unfortunately, I wish I could write back to everyone, but you know, you, you, you can't do that. It's hard. Too many fans. Yeah. But you know, from the bottom of my heart, you know, I, I wish I could connect with more people that would be, you know, if I can do that, but you know, I, I do as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So growing up, you have Peter and Jack, Peter had some success modeling and acting in a few commercials was pursuing acting and entertainment always a goal of his? How did you feel about that? You know, Peter was more than anything was in, um, we lived in Florida at the time when he was 10 years old or nine years old. And, um, you know, we, he, my girlfriend kept on saying, and, you know, many family members kept on saying, you know, you should get the kids into modeling because modeling is huge in South beach, you know? And I was like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Cause we lived about an hour away. We looked up in Boga, which was an hour from South beach. And then one day it was the April day. I'll never forget. It was, it was like raining cats and dogs and um, the kids were in school. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to look and see and, and check you know, into this and see what it's all about. So I couldn't go out. So I got on and, you know, and started calling people and asking them. And um, then I got a point. They told me to send pictures in. I sent pictures in and then I got appointments, you know, to go in and uh, to make a long story short, you know, he started modeling right away. And then we spent when he was 10 years old, we spent the summer. He had a, um, a, a that summer he had a contract with Eileen Ford in New York. So we flew up for the summer to work, you know, in New York. And then when we came back, um, he still worked then another year. And then after that, because he was out of the size range, you know, from little kids or, or size 10, 12, then um, he stopped, you know, he stopped modeling. And um, it was great because, you know, I always have to tell people this. Do you know that he paid for his college with his work that he did? Wow. That's amazing. All of his work, he, he paid his own college. Yeah. So then afterwards, we, you know, we came to, uh, well, to California and uh, he did uh, a one big commercial, which was really huge for him. It was the Sylvan Learning Center mm-hmm. uh, commercial. And that one was fabuloso. That was a really good one. And uh, after that, you know, it was Jack, my youngest, who um, pursued the acting not, not Peter as much. Peter mm. got into football at school and, uh, you know, he had other activities that he wanted to do and he did. And, uh, you know, but no, he didn't, you know, he didn't have that desire, you know, to go into acting. Uh, he always wanted to be a pilot mm-hmm. and that was his dream. So, you know, that's where the Avenue that he took and, you know, and that's where he's at today. But then ultimately, that avenue circles back around to the entertainment industry. And at a certain point, he gets cast in Hannah Brown's season 15 of Bachelorette. You have been watching this show on and off since season one. You're very familiar with it. What is it like as a parent, as a mom, getting the call from your son, mom, 
I'm going to be on The Bachelorette. Did you know he was applying for it? Well, you know, one night, you know, before that, because I, I don't, I, I would say, yeah, one night before that, I, I had only had seen like maybe four episodes, I mean, four, four shows or so the whole time. I didn't watch every single mm-hmm. episode uh, mm-hmm. or every single show, I should say. But um, one night he, you know, my other son was living here too, Jack, and he called us down and he says, I'd like to have a talk with you guys in the family room. Oh my God. So we're like, what is this going to be about? You know? And he says, come on down, you know, when you guys can let me know so we can all talk. And my husband and I looked at each other and I go, what are we going to talk about? And so we got down there and uh, he says, you know, I want to get your opinion on this, you know, and I want to know if you want to support me on it. And uh, we said, yes, you know, we listened to him and we said, is that something that you really want to do from the bottom of your heart? You know, definitely, you know, we'll support you on it. And, um, and we did. And, uh, you know, the rest is history there. What Wait, it was Jack applying? No, not Jack. Not Jack. Jack, it was oh, only Peter called you down. He, yeah. Oh, gotcha. And uh, he said, you know, if you would support it, man, I would love to do that. And we went, mm, if that's what you want, you know, definitely we'll support you. And he was cast at that point? No, no, no. He was just about. He was just applying. He, he wanted to know if he should apply, you know, what we thought about it. Got it. Mm. And uh, we basically said, you know, what we would support whatever he wanted to do. And he did. He applied. And then the next thing you know is he got on, you know, the bachelorette and uh, he he did. Uh, you know, it was I mean, that was a hard one because I know how, you know, I knew his feelings, you know, afterwards, you know, and it, mm-hmm. as a mom, it hurts you, you know, when your son. Mm-hmm. You know, because he went in and I will say this and I'll say it a million times. He went in for all the right reasons, right? All the right reasons. You know, he had a job already. He doesn't need, you know, he didn't need to be anything else. He was a pilot and will always be a pilot. And uh, that didn't work out for him that season. It didn't work out. And, uh, you know, then he came home one day and, uh, you know, he he said that, they're talking about being the bachelor. Was that another intervention-esque conversation? Yeah. Does he sit you guys all down again? <laughs> guys. Guys, <laughs> I need you to be sitting down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and you know, you know, as as a lead, it's a completely different world. Yeah. You know, as as a, a regular contestant, it's it's a completely different, you know, completely different um ways of going about it. And you actually get paid for it. I mean, it's a job at that point. You're you're taking a salary for it, you know? Yeah. And uh, he did, you know, he, we talked about it and we said, if that's what you want again, you know, we'll support you. And uh, then, you know, that's what he wanted. And we supported him. And the next thing you know is, you know, he's the bachelor. And uh, we were very happy for him, you know, because he, you know, I remember, I'll never forget. I remember the last words when he was leaving the house, you know, that day to go on the show they picked him up in front and he he says i just want to find my girl a mm-hmm. sweet sweet girl and i've never forgotten those words he just wanted to meet his girl and sweet he wanted to be a sweet girl and you guys know what happened after that <laughs> I, guess, I guess we all know what happened right <laughs> yes we do we all do at this point he's living with you guys still right yes so you're seeing him literally every day. And then when he gets on the show, 
they basically, it's a blackout. They take his phone. He can't talk to anybody for, on Bachelor season 15, he was there for almost the entire run of it. So about, what, seven weeks? What was that like to not be able to contact him in any way, knowing that he's going through this crazy situation and you're just sitting at home waiting to hear from him? Well, keep in mind, I don't know what's going on to begin with. You know, so I didn't realize how crazy the situation was or anything. I didn't know. Um, so now missing him. Oh, gosh. Yes, we missed him at the dinner table. You know, he's you know, he's got this, you know, a little bit about Peter. You know, he, he when he comes down the stairs in the morning, you know, he comes down with a smile on his face. He's very, very genuine. He's very loving. He's a very good hearted individual. And, you know. And we, I miss that, you know, we, my husband and I, you know, we both missed that coming down the stairs, you know, that, hola, good morning, you know, and just very, and a mm -hmm. hug and a kiss every morning, you know, um, we sure missed that a lot. That was, that was really tough. And of course, you know, on the other side, not knowing what was going on, totally made it even a little bit tougher, you know, to deal with. You do eventually see him though, because you end up participating in the hometowns episode Hometowns is one of our favorite episodes that in Fantasy Suites every season. And we're wondering what it what it is like for families participating in that. Like, what is the schedule of that day actually like? Do the cameras come way before? Do they redecorate your house? You mean when we go to Australia? No, when you did Hometowns on Hannah Brown's season. Oh, okay. You know what? It was, uh, they get here early in the morning and we they... You know, they basically take care of everything, I will say. They take care of everything. And, uh, you know, basically, you're just waiting, you know, for them to come, you know, and and and, uh, and see him again after all this time. And, uh, you know, it was, you know, and I think that you guys saw on the show, you know, that the first time we see him, actually, is he's on an airplane flying over our heads, you know, over yeah. our house. <laughs> And with Hannah, you know, they were together and, and I saw that and I just like, oh my goodness. It was just, you know, I'm a very emotional person to let you know. Okay. <laughs> uh -huh. Me too. Me too. <laughs> I don't know, but it might have to do with my culture. I don't know. You know, I'm going to, I'll say that. But when I saw him up there and I saw the plane flying over us, it was just like, oh, I get to see him again. You know, I was so, so happy. And uh, uh, then after that, then, you know, they came over and, uh, you know, we got to meet that. Basically, it's the same thing that you guys see on TV. That's basically it. They came over. We got to meet them or meet her. She was lovely. And, uh, you know, just chit chat for a little bit. And then before you know it, it's all over, you know, but um, it was it was an, it was a beautiful experience, I will say. Really pretty. And then when you're when Peter is the bachelor, it's kind of an elongated format of that same thing. And now that you guys were in Australia, you're in your hotel and they bring the two finalists to meet you guys. We always wonder like, what are you doing that day and in that time? And do you meet both of them the same day? How much time passes in between meeting the two finalists? 24 hours. Mm -hmm. It's on separate days. And, um, you know, we, we, they, they have a, uh, a chosen place to go to, you know, and we go there and basically they come in and we meet them and we talk to them and then they're on their way. 
basically again, <laughs> they go. And then the next day we wait for the next girl to come. And, and then, you know, basically the same thing, just talk and, uh, you know, get to know them and you, you have to, you know, build that the rapport to see how it is basically. And then they leave again. Did you go sightseeing or you, do you have to stay sequestered in a hotel? No, we went camel riding. Yes. And that is such an experience when you get on that camel, it just brings you down and go, Oh my God, I'm going to fall off. But it was so much fun. It was really a lot of fun. God, I would have paid any amount of money to see you riding a camel in the final episode of that season. Like, where's that footage? That's the last shot. (laughs) You know what? I remember they took us, you know, it was, we we did that on our own, you know, because we had some time off. So it was my husband, Jack and myself. And I recall it was like over a hundred degrees. It was so hot and it was like an hour I mean, ride. It was a really long ride. And it was so, I mean, I do recall that it was so hot, but it was an experience. Did you have any idea when you uttered the now famous words, bring her home, bring her home to us, that you would become the star of the show, the anchor for this entire dramatic arc of Bachelor season 24? (laughs) No, never in a million years, never in a million years. No, you know, again, I'm an emotional person and, you know, and I'm one that always says that you have to, whatever your heart tells you, you verbalize, right? And I'm that person, you know, I'm, I I tell people that that's makes you feel like, like complete when you can do that. And Mm -hmm. I am that kind of person that whatever my heart says to me at that moment, I verbalize. And I, and I, I said those words and, uh, yes, those are, I mean, to this day, people have me say those words to them again, and, oh my, <laughs> yeah. but it's not the same way guys. It's, it, I'm trying, but I'm not, you know, it just came from my heart at the, at the moment, you know, and, uh, yeah, those words were, somebody sent me a cup, you know, and it said those words on it with my picture on it. Right. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is, yeah. this is crazy. This is crazy. That is a bizarre experience to us. It's, it's maybe the most important phrase that's ever been uttered in the history of the show, or it's like, it's at least in the canon of very important mm-hmm. phrases that have ever been uttered, especially in season 24, because that really was the moment that the producers built that entire season around that phrase, you saying it, Bring her home, bring her home to us. That's in every one of the promos at the end of every episode. And as fans of the show, we're all watching that season to see who you're talking about and what got you so emotional. It was mm-hmm. it was fantastically done. And I, for me, like we'd never seen a parental player do anything approaching that level of importance in the game. Eventually, we get to the after the final rose of that season. Chad and I have researched and analyzed that episode at the same level that Pulitzer Prize winning historians might analyze the Vietnam War. Can you walk us through what that day was like for you? How did you feel going in? How did you feel sitting on the stage and eventually waking up the next morning in the aftermath? Well, let me put it this way. Okay. I had uh, like five of my girlfriends come from New Jersey, New York, Florida, and you know, I had them come because I, you know, they, they want, they were fans of the show and well, mm-hmm. basically because Peter was on it, you know, they had not seen the show before, but now they were really big into it, you know, with Peter. And so I had them come and they stayed with me like 
two days prior, they were with me and we would do things and stuff and never did I think of anything, right? We were having such a grand old time. And then the night of the show, you know, the, the, that one, yeah, oh God, yeah. Uh, that <laughs> night, you know, it was pouring rain here in California. It was really rainy and uh, we got to the show and, um, you know, it was, uh, how do I explain it? It was, um, you know, you, I walked in and, you know, we got into the room like seven minutes prior to going on air and mm-hmm. all, you know, and everybody was already sitting there for a while, I guess. And, you know, when I came in, everybody started clapping. The, the people, the audience were very, very nice. They all were clapping at us and blah, 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 and so forth. And I thought, okay, this is, this is good. But, you know, I was a little bit, you know, I was happy until not knowing what was going to happen. You know, it's that Mm -hmm. feeling inside of you that you go, Oh gosh, you know, I I prayed a lot. I have to tell you, I'm I'm a really very spiritual person and I prayed that everything was going to go well and so forth. And, you know, at at one point I remember my husband saying, you know, we're not, we did not want to get mic'd. you know, we didn't want to get mic'd. Yeah. And, um, then I don't know, you know, you get, you know, you don't realize it. And then you're, you know, we didn't say anything, I guess we forgot it. We're my, and then we're going out, you know, it's everything so quickly happens so quickly. And then we sit down and, uh, you, you, what you guys saw was what I was going through. Um, you know, I, I was, I was, I, what upset me more than anything later on. And I didn't even know was that they had my picture the whole time. And of course, this is my son, guys. I was going to say, did you know they were going to put your facial reactions in that small box underneath the footage? No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know that. And, uh, you know, and it, and then, you know, I thought, well, that's fine. If they want to do that, my face showed what my emotions were. But they had never done that before. I don't remember seeing that being done before. We've never seen them do that to a parent before. No. And I thought, well, okay. This is, you know, that's what I think how they do it. That's why let them do that. Um, but, you know, that night I was not, it was my son up there. And I say it all the time. I don't care how many cameras are in front of me. I don't care the question that they ask me. I will be as honest as I can from the bottom of my heart, especially because it's it's someone that I love with all of my heart up there. And uh Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna say what I need to say, and I, you know, I, and that's exactly what I did. I just I didn't say anything. When you look back, I didn't say anything bad. I didn't say anything negative about anything. I just expressed my feelings, mm-hmm. and a lot of the people, you know, yeah, they might not have liked it, but you know what? They're not in my shoes. No. They don't know. They don't feel that. That's not their son up there. And if it was their son, you know what? I'm sure that they would have acted in their the way that they thought. Not for me to tell tell them how to act. The way they thought they should have acted. I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not being judgmental at all. And I never said anything negative. I just spoke what my heart here was telling me. I just verbalized it. And uh, yeah, I would think you would feel very protective in that situation. And it's, and it's stressful. Like it's live television. It's, there's going to be so many people watching it. I imagine it's more stressful than the hometowns. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, you know, I, at that moment, to be honest with you, you forget where you're at. 
you forget everywhere. And I do remember, you know, the lights everywhere and what, but it wasn't anything to hold me back. It was, you know, that was my, my, my son, you know, my flesh and blood up there, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do just because you're on television. That doesn't mean a darn iota to me. I am going to be a mother. I was a mother way before that. And I'm going to be a mother to my last breath. Clues. It is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank you. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls, and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. <gasps> I'm a source boy, Quince boy. Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces, Okay. they call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince King yourself or Quince Queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash roses. Clues. Mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring, I'm ready to get out there, I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect t-shirt does exist, and you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long-sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx, that's kind of a dark black color and the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite which is kind of like a blue green and they're both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing nothing great for free spirit types well for all the free spirits out there right now you can shop the skims t-shirt shop at skims.com now available in sizes xxs through 4x if you haven't yet be sure to let them know we sent you after you place your order select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows again that's skims game of roses is sponsored by better help clues uh we all carry around different stressors big and small and if you keep them all bottled up it can affect you negatively Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past. Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills, you know, the... 
the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that well if you're thinking of starting therapy give better help a try it's entirely online it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire, then you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. But coming out of this experience from bring her home to us, everything that you did in the course of the game, everything that you did on after the final rose, everyone knows that you're an immediate star, not just us. We talked about it all the time on our show, but everybody's talking yeah. about this. Obviously, you have 108,000 Instagram followers up from 29. There are a lot of people who are very entertained by what you're doing. Yeah, a little up from 29. Did you ever think that you yourself could maybe be a reality star? And did any production companies or networks come to you with offers for your own show after this experience? Yes. Yes, you thought you could be a reality star? Or yes, people were offering you the job? No, 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 no. No, no, I didn't think I could be a... No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that I could be a reality star. No, I, what I meant was, yes, I did get offers. And what happened? Where Can we see this reality show? No. No, because it didn't go through. No, I'm not. You know, the most important thing to me, and like I said it earlier, is yes. You know, you know, a lot of people ask me for like on these on me on the social media. They a lot a lot ask me for advice or going through this or going through that. And that to me, I absolutely love being able to help someone else. I love that Mm -hmm. feeling that I can give them something of my experience throughout my years and help them out in that difficult situation. I've had different, different situations the whole time. Um, But you know what? I always just, that was not my goals. I didn't have goals of doing that in, in the long run, in the long run. When I sat back, you know, at first I thought about it. Don't get me wrong. I thought about it. And then I sat back and I realized, I go, that's not me. That's not me at all. I just love, love being who I am. And um, I'm not going to be out there because sometimes if you have to change your personality to do this or do that or change what your views are, I'm not that person, you know, I'm not that person. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to change. I'm going Mm -hmm. to always be, you know, remain Barbara. Speaking of advice, what, what advice would you give to any prospective parents of bachelor players who are going into this experience? You know, always support your child, whether your, your son or daughter and what they want to do. But, you know, now that you know more about it, because, you know, just every day, you, every time you see it, it just gets, more, you know, a little bit more about the show. Just realize, you know, do you want that? Do you want, do you really want that? And, you know, I was, I was like, I watched the show. I used to watch the show, like five shows I've watched, but one show, I'm not watching the show anymore because the last show that, uh, that, that uh, I watched to me, I wanted to go back. Why doesn't the show, if I can give, you know, Rob Mills, any advice at all, ABC, Bachelor, Bachelorette people, any advice is to go back to the old fashioned way, not go in and say, okay, well, you've got to get in this boxing ring and whoever wins is going to have a date with so-and-so. No, that's not. You don't like the forced violence? No, I would never. 
I would never hit another woman to date, to go out on a date. That's not, that's what, that's why I haven't been watching. It turned me off so much. I want him to, to, from the bottom of my heart, you know, to be out there and say, I really enjoy being with you. Let's have a drink. Let's go have coffee whatever, you know, just like the old Ryan and Trista days. I would love for the Mm -hmm. show to go back to its roots when it really spoke to the people, when it really made an impact on us. Right now, I don't find that impact anywhere around. You know, I, I just want, I just want romance. I want them to really be there and really get into each, you know, I, you know, into each other. Mm-hmm. You, you see that. It, it, I mean, I don't know, if, you know, if you noticed it, but it, it just doesn't. It lacks that today. We definitely noticed earlier seasons. They had much more romantic, lavish dates. There weren't any of the like torture esque dates yet. We also think social media has played a part in it too, though, because people have now another incentive, like a very obvious incentive to go into the game, to get Instagram followers and become influencers. And so that kind of colors how they're playing the game as well. But the producers are aware of that also. There's Bachelor in Paradise now, which didn't exist back in the old days of of Trista and Ryan, so that you also have that secondary goal, that maybe you, if you don't wind up winning a ring in the main game, you can get on Paradise and get a bunch of Instagram followers. So I think there's a lot of elements that contribute to exactly what you're talking about, the kind of degradation of the, the for the right reasonsness of the show. No, I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I wish, you know, like um, I've never watched Bachelor in Paradise. What is it? Bachelor in Paradise? Yeah. That one. I've never watched that show. I've never seen it. But um, I just I just want them, you know, Rob Mills, if you're listening, make sure to go back to the good old days, because that's when that's what brought that's what made this show so special. That's what brought in so many people and so many fans today. You know, I hear from so many people that, you know, that they haven't even watched some of the, you know, some of the episodes because they're just, you know, it doesn't do anything for them anymore. Like it did in the good old days. Yeah. You know, that's why they call them the good old days, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) There's also a tonnage issue, especially this past season. There was never a time when there wasn't a bachelor show on the air. There was that two bachelorettes, a bachelor and bachelor in paradise. And I think people have just gotten like burnt out on it. And we saw this, this most recent season that just ended last night, Michelle Young's season 18, the bachelorette had the lowest ratings in the history of the show. Did? Yeah. Because people I think are just like, it's too much. They, they need a break from it. And exactly the thing you're talking about, like the, the idea that this is special, that like this one person is going to get this opportunity to date these 30 people that's gone now because it's mm-hmm. like a new person is doing that every two months. And it's just kind of like, it's too much. Exactly. And you know what? Something else I noticed too was that they are, you know, before you would say, okay, so it's going to be one of these three guys or one of these three girls that are going to be the next bachelorette, the next bachelor. So you got your, you know, your mind going, okay, who's it going to be? You know, curiosity killed the cat, right? So you're like, okay, who's, who's, who's going to be it? It's going to do it. And then they took their time, like, like what you were just explaining. And now they have these people already put out like they have this guy um what is it clayton or clayton Clayton, yeah clayton they already have him out and i'm like well what was so special you know i mean you you want to know what was so special but and and the thing is i did not i did not watch michelle's season i will be honest i didn't watch it but at the Mm -hmm. same time you know if they would go back to 
what what made the show such a success, they would bring people back like me back to watching it again. You know, I, I mean, do I mm-hmm. do I have feelings about the show? Absolutely, I do. You know, um, but I have no interest at all watching. You know, it, it, it's 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 like um, it, it's just like a level, you know, on a level. It doesn't go up and it's down. It goes ups and downs. It's just on a level because you know who the person's going to be already. You know, with so many bachelors and bachelorettes, one after another, it just doesn't, you know, I don't know. It's not that umph, you know, that that umph feeling. I don't get it anymore. I don't, you know, and it's not just me. Many don't, many people out there um, that even DM me, they, they tell me I'm not watching the show now. It's boring. You know, they don't have that what they had before it's 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 uh it's worldwide we scrutinized this show probably deeper than any other podcast on the planet <laughs> we really get into the minutia of it and the thing we've kind of recognized is that there used to be an executive producer named elon gale he left actually right before um right peter season 24 i heard and he had kind of a coherent vision for how to not only insert the drama but for how to kind of keep the idea of the love story alive. And he produced some of the greatest seasons in that era that have ever, ever existed. When he left, there was kind of a vacuum of power among the executive producer class, and they're all kind of fighting to see who can make the biggest explosion in the middle of a season. And that has produced now just drama without any kind of real reason. It's it's made people into villains. It's had bullying plots, and it's just kind of torn the show apart a little bit, I think. And so they're now, you know, trying to get back on track and trying to figure out who is that person that can deliver a coherent strategy for what this show even is anymore. Hopefully season 26 will have a little bit of that. I think maybe it will. It looked at least from the promo like it would, but I agree with you. These past few seasons have been difficult to get through to say the least. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, you used to look forward to, oh, it's going to preview, you know, this is the day it's going to come out, blah, 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 blah. And you were so excited about it. Now it comes out. And like last night, you you just mentioned to me, because I wouldn't have known that the season was over last night. Yeah. You don't even know when it starts and when it ends because they're just, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think do, you know, do they need new producers there? Do yes. they need, you know, new, you know, new people, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just think, and, you know, I think Rob Mills should take a look at everything and say, you know what, let's sit down, you know, like you said, this is a football, you know, game and so forth, you know, like the Seahawks are going through right now. We got to sit down and figure out what we're going to do here. You know, <laughs> um, you know we're, we're big Seahawks fans and, you know, <laughs> That's what they need to do. They need to get together and uh, everybody needs to work together on it and make it the success of the show that it was way back then. And if they do that, they've got it. You know, they've got people back on board again. It's it's uh, it's a shame, though, that what it's going through right now. I do know that the seasons have just gone down, you know, in ratings. I do know that. I, I don't know. I really, like I said, I, I don't know what's going on with the show. I really don't. I have no idea. Uh, since I, since Peter left, I kind of, like, stopped a little bit. You know, I did watch, like, maybe the one with Matt James. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. I saw the one that they were, um, the episode, it was the only one episode I saw and it was the one that they were hitting each other. Yeah. And I go of all the episodes oh. to look at, I have to look at this one. And, you know, uh, you know, and I do, I, every once in a while, I, I do lives, you know, cause I, like I said, I like to connect with people and 
I can't tell you how many would say the same thing because after that show that night, I got on live and I started talking to people and they said, why, why is the, why are they doing that? Why? And I'm like, you guys are on the same level that I'm on. You know, I don't know why. I'm trying to think of the forced violence group date on Peter's season. Didn't they have a, a pillow fight? Yeah. Demi's extreme pillow fight league. A pillow fight. My God. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't I'm just here. I don't think I would fight over any man in my world ever. If I was that, <laughs> when I was young, I would have never. What? Not even 747 flyer? 747. Uh, that's a different guy right here, but I would never <laughs> fight for him. <laughs> What about Big Peter? <laughs> Big Peter. Yeah, he's, he's you know, I've, I've been so blessed. You know, um, we, we have a great, great marriage. But what I'm saying is getting back to like when I was younger, I would have never, I would have never fought for a man. Mm-hmm. You know, no. If a man doesn't want to be with me, I don't want to be with him. Yeah. I mean, we talk a lot about the the fact that players actually have all the power in those situations. If everybody on that group date, when the producers come in and say, okay, now you guys are going to have to box each other in this ring. If all of those players said, nah, we're not doing that, then it doesn't happen. But you're under this constant pressure, as we know from the producers, to do what they say, or they're going to give you a bad edit, or you might not wind up on Paradise. So there's always this weird little game that all the players have to be doing against the producers to kind of try and say, like, I'll play ball, I'll do what you want if you want to get favor. But if the players could ever stand together as a whole, they could take control of those situations and never have to do them again. You know, and and, and you said the word right there, you said bad edit. And it's it's that is so true. The bad edit. And uh I got it. I got it. Yeah. You know, I got it. And uh, uh, luckily, I will say, you know, because, of course, you know, uh, ratings, you know, they people want ratings. These shows want ratings, ratings, ratings. And, um, you know, you're you're basically I I like I, I said to you earlier, I didn't do anything wrong. But when, you know, certain ways of editing people can make them seem like they're different, right? And another thing is, my name isn't even Barb. Barb is, I mean, I've never even enjoyed the name Barb, anyone calling me that, right? I'm Barbara. And I got the name Barb. And I'm like, Barb Wire, Barb, I'm, I'm not a Barb, you know? I like, I, I'm, I'm not even that person. I'm a Barbara. And, you know, and like I said, the bad edit, yeah, I got one. But luckily people got to see right through everything. And you know what's really interesting is that many that went against me that night are really like nice people that have come back to me and written me nice letters saying, I'm so sorry that I didn't see, you know, and I didn't know who you were. But now through your Instagram and so forth, I can see that you're not that person at all. And no, am I perfect? Absolutely not. I'm so far from perfect. There's only one perfect being and that's God. I'm so far from it. But you know what? I'm not that person that that many they they tried to for many to see that I was that was not you know what I would say was Barbara. Barbara, I would say that you got a good at it because I have been a huge fan of yours. You may not know this, but you actually gave me one of the greatest birthday presents I've ever gotten last year, which is a member of our, one of our listeners got me a happy birthday cameo video from you. Seriously? What's your birthday? May 11th. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. I was not trying to get a second cameo video, but it was very, 
It was very nice. Uh, what is what has that experience been like doing cameo videos for people? Oh my goodness! I, I just did six of them now before I got on with you guys. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, you know I would have thought by now people would have kind of like not remembered me much anymore, but no, they're still coming in, and 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 I really enjoy them because it connects me with them, right? It connects me, and uh, I love wishing people all good things birthdays, you know, anniversaries, um, you name it. I love, love all of that. It's positive. And like I've always said, you always have to stay positive in the world that we live in every single day, whether it was 10 years ago, five years ago today, we always have to stay positive. And I love sharing good news and good, making people feel good. That to me is like, you know, it's, it's the ultimate. Well, I loved it. So thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <laughs> do you think there's any way you would ever do reality TV again in any capacity, bachelor or otherwise? It would depend. Mm-hmm. You know, it would depend on on the format, you know, the what it's about. The You know, it, it would depend on a lot of stuff. Like, you know, basically my person, who I am, uh, if I can do anything, it would be something that would be bringing joy to others, um, bringing uh, good vibes, bringing uh, good advice. You know, like I said, you know, I've been around the block a lot and I've gone through really, really hard times, you know, in my past and I've overcome all of that. And that's what makes me who I am today. And I would love to be able to and somehow bring that out to other people. You know what I'm saying? Um, in, in that respect. Sure. Yeah, definitely. It would, it would be, it'd be fun. I think, you know, what was it like? Did you like being a guest on Peter and Dustin's podcast bachelor in the city? Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're great. I mean, they're, you know, they, I'm so glad that Peter has them as a roommate. I love Dustin. Love, love Dustin. You know, I've gotten to meet a lot of the of uh, the guys from Peter. You know, and uh, I have to say, I love Dustin. I I've gotten to meet um, Dr. Joe. He is so nice as well. Really, very. Oh my God, just a gentleman. You know, very nice. Um, I got to meet Bennett. At, at the, uh, <laughs> what Peter's. was that like? Really? Well, Peter had a the book party. You know, the launching of his book uh-huh. last month. And they all came to the party and I got to meet Bennett. Bennett is so nice as well. We really just had a really nice time. And um, then I got to meet, um, gosh, I'm trying to think all these guys. Oh, Andrew Spencer. I met him. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And I met Greg Grippo. Greg Greg Grippo. Uh huh. I met him. They were very, very nice as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just it's, it's really nice. You know how you get to meet these people afterwards and you go, gosh, they're just so you know, so nice. And I, I just wish them all the very, very best because they're, you know, they, they deserve it. Trust me, they deserve it. So I wish them all the very best, you know, Anna, but yeah, very, very nice. And with Dusty, Dusty, and I always say he's my son from another mother, you know, I'm his mother, you know, because I feel like he's, every time we get there, you know, we do things with him and Peter and we tried to, you know, just to enjoy their time there because it's so limited when we do go out there for, you know, maybe two days or so. Mm-hmm. So we, we have a good time with them. We just have one more question for you. You were an NFL cheerleader. You were involved in pageants. Both of these things are incredibly beneficial 
activities to have done, things to have participated in, in preparation to play in The Bachelor. We see a bunch of players in modern era that are NFL cheerleaders or have done pageants. If you were right now in your 20s and you were single, would you want to go into The Bachelor as a player? Not with the shows of today. If it was back in the Trista days, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I found that to be very organic. Yeah. That's the word. It's organic. I, I would want to be in an organic situation. Mm-hmm. Um, not in today, no, because you wouldn't see me fighting for any man. You wouldn't see me hitting another woman. Um, and, you know. No pillow fights. No, no boxing. Yeah, the boxing, you know, that's, oh gosh, no, 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 not me. I don't think I could, I could, I, I can't even, you know, I can't hurt a, an aunt. I have to tell you a cute, cute little story. When Peter was like five years old, we were outside of our house and there was like a little trail of ants going by, right? And Tim and I were just sitting there and he was going to step on an ant. And I said, wait, 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 stop, stop. I said, what has that ant ever done to you? And he looked at me with these big brown eyes and he said, nothing. And I said, so why are you going to step on it? And from that day on, you can ask him. He won't step on any ants. <laughs> he won't step on any ants. He, I said, you know, that poor ant has a life, you know, and, and you know, we're, we're big animal lovers. You know, we rescue all our dogs from the pound. And, you know, we, we volunteer and stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm just that kind of a person. I can't hurt anyone. I can't hit anyone. And here I'm going to hit a girl. No. But getting back to your question, if it was back then, yes, I would have done it. Do you think you would have done well? I would have done great. I would have done great. I would have done great. I think you would have too. I think you would have dominated your season. I would have done great yes. because I am such, you know, I, and I tell my husband this all the time. I said, you know, I'm not like the, the smartest person when it comes to science, you know, and, and mathematics. That part of my brain doesn't work as much as people. And I can tell you so much mm-hmm. about a person. The first 10, 15 minutes that I'm talking to them, I can say everything about them. I mean, I'm, I'm very, I take pride in that. And uh, I would have been able to, you know, spot these guys right off and say, okay, he's real and the other one's not, you know, and, and it's hard too, because you got to remember, people don't realize this. These people are not together for a long time. What is it? I don't know how many hours. I think it's like 30 hours total. Is it? So yeah, something like that. So how do you know someone after your first date, you're going to go out and marry them? Well, I guess I did. You know, I guess you said you would marry your husband when you saw him. And I hadn't even said hello (laughs) to him. But but you see, that's the people person in me, right? I knew it right off bat that I was going to marry you. What was it about him? What was the thing that you saw or experienced that made you think that's my husband? His butt. His butt. No. His butt. Yes, 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 yes. Had you even seen his face at all or was it just the butt? No, no, no. Okay, I've I've planned what your limo exit is going to be. 
you get out of the limo and you're like, I have one important criteria <laughs> and then you have them spin around. Right. You know, you know, it was so funny because deadheading means that you're not flying the trip. You're just, you're not working the trip. You're getting to be, to be positioned in another, in another state. So the flight was from Chicago to Miami and I was deadheading and he was actually flying the trip. And um, I remember sitting down, uh, you know, in my seat and this guy walked right by me and I was on the aisle and I remember he had a really deep tan, you know, because he was flying Hawaii, which I didn't know at the time. And he had a really nice tan and the pants just fit him perfectly. And as he walked right by me, I looked over and I'm like, that's the guy I'm going to marry. And I didn't even see his face. And uh, sure enough, you know, later on, we, you know, I got, to, you know, to talk to him. Well, we, ha- we ended up in Miami. And then I guess the plane might have had a mechanical or was a possibility of a mechanical. So we just talked very briefly, very little. And now I got to see his face. And I thought, this is definitely the guy I'm marrying. And they found your shoe in the engine. <laughs> you had thwarted the plane. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, you know, I, I mean, I thought, this is, this is it. You know, I'm going to marry this guy. And uh, we got back to Chicago. And uh, I had told my friends how much I really liked, you know, him already. All the other flight attendants. I said, I'm, I really have a crush on this guy. And so they said, put your name on a piece of paper and give it to him. And I'm like, I'm not a forward like that. I'm not aggressive like that at all. So I put on my apron, you know, to come work the flight back. And I did it three different times. But my my hand was so nervous that it wasn't writing right, right? And uh, so I kept on putting it in my pocket, three different Barbaras with my phone number on it. And then when we got to my uh, to Chicago, he comes out of the cockpit and he comes up to me and he says, you know, I'd like to buy you dinner. Uh, can I have your number and your, you know, your number? And I go, oh, do you have a piece of paper and a pencil? And I have three of them in my pocket, right? <laughs> and he says, oh, well, let me look for one now. So he went to look for one. And yeah, so later on, I told him about it. You know, I, I had three Barbara's with phone numbers on them in my apron, but I would never give them to you. <laughs> That's so cute. You know, you, you just know. You just know, you, you know it. There's something about it, you know, when, like I said, not from the show, but just something that I knew that something connected me to him, mm-hmm. you know. But hey, you know, if it was all over again and I was single at the time in my 20s, and I would probably have done it at that time. Absolutely. I think it would have been fun. God, I wish we could have seen that. But we're very happy yeah. that you met. Big Peter, 747 flyer, and that you had little Peter, Pilot Pete, and Jack. Wait, I'm going to bring him in so you can say hi to him. Let me see. Hey, Nose, sweetheart. The legend himself. Oh, my God. Here he is. <laughs> say hi. Hey, guys. Hello. How you doing? Hi. Nice to meet you. So what are your names? I'm Chad. I'm Lizzie. We're the Game of Roses podcast. Welcome. Oh, very cool. Thank you so much. And we love both of you guys. You guys are uh, the most important parental players in the history of the game. So it's a pleasure to meet you. You guys are great. You guys are, are fantastic. <laughs> well, I will let you carry on. It's nice okay. to meet you. Yeah, you too. Have a have a good rest of your day. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Happy holidays. You too. Yeah, we got our little Christmas tree. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Very festive. Perfect for our Christmas episode. Yeah, you know, and, and then normally we get the big ones, you know, because of the kids, but they're not here this year. 
So we said, you know, we want to have the spirit of Christmas, but we don't need a big one. We'll just use a little one for, for it. Yeah. Well, I, we hope you have a Merry Christmas. And again, we cannot thank you enough for sitting down to talk with us. It was my, oh my yes. God, what an honor. What an honor <laughs> it was to be with you guys. Honestly, the, an honor. The honor is all ours. Rest assured. No, it's yeah. mine. The honor is mine. <laughs> I demand the honor. Well, thank you so much. Uh, for your time and everything. And we can't wait to see whatever it is that you're going to do next, whether it's cameos or maybe you start your own podcast. Yeah. Um, you know what? May, you know, there's times that, you know, I've gone back and forth on it, on the podcast. Um, it, it's just that with the podcast, the problem with the podcast is you have to really be devoted, you know, and you, and you have to. Yes, <laughs> we know exactly yeah. what you mean. My husband, you know, and he's retiring in April. So oh. we want to be able to travel after that, you know, and uh, and that's a little hard. Hopefully, you know, everything will be opened up again. Yeah. So we can travel again. Where are you going to go? Everywhere. I want to go everywhere again. I mean, I've missed, you know, we go to New York a lot to visit Peter, but um, I, I love I love Europe. You know, I, and there's so many places in Europe that I, I still have never been to. You know, I heard Croatia is beautiful. Um, I'd love to go there sometime. Um, but you know, I just, I'm, right now everything is closed, you know, unless sure. you're a foreign yeah. national, you can't get in and my husband, my hubby here, he's been flying, you know, he does like Australia, London, but you know, for the longest time it was just, uh, now he just did Japan. And he said he only had like 45 people on, on a 787 because you can't, travel there now Whoa. so mm. you know i want to be able to hopefully before he retires do some trips with him well we hope that you get to do all those trips uh as soon as possible thank you and i'm wishing you all happy holidays and a happy happy new year and may everything you've always wanted in life may you see it come true that's a fantastic holiday blessing thank you so much thank you Lots and lots of love going your way, guys. Okay. Thanks, Barbara. Happy holidays. Thank you again. Okay. Likewise to you guys. All right. Bye bye. Thank you so much to Barbara Weber. I will never call her Barb again in my life for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute dream. Thank you to 747 Flyer, aka Big Peter, who I didn't think we were going to meet, but we got a special uh, cameo from. Truly an honor. And thank you, perhaps most of all, to Dark Seeker, who facilitated all of this by meeting Barbara Weber and convincing her to come on our show. We can't thank you enough, Dark Seeker. You have been a true, true blessing to the pit. And of course, thank you, Barbara Weber. Thank you, everybody involved for this. We hope that you guys enjoyed it. And that's it. That's our final episode. Well, there's one more present. Oh. Clues, this is a present for you from me. Okay. What is happening? <laughs> On the first day of Pitmas, Dark Lord sent to me Alex O'Shaughnessy in an oversized suit. <laughs> oh, the second day of Pitmas, the Dark Lord sent to me two Aaron Braggies and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the third day of Pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me three Firestones, two Aaron Braggies and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the fourth day of Pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me 
four laughing guineas, three fire stones, two Aaron Bergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the fifth day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me five J Palmers, four laughing guineas, three fire stones, two Aaron Bergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the sixth day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to oh. me six Byron's fish and five day palmers, four laughing guineas, three fire stones, two Aaron Burgies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the seventh day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me seven Charlie's joking, six Byron's fish and five. J. Palmers, four laughing guineas, three firestones, two Ehrenbergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the eighth day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me eight storks a dock and seven Charlie's joke and six Byron's fish and five J. Palmers. Four laughing oh guineas, three firestones, two oh. Aaron Bergies, and Michelle oh. in an oversized suit. I'm not done. I know. On the ninth <laughs> day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me. Enjoy it. I Nine Chowborgazies, eight storks a dock, and seven Charlie's joke, and six Byron's fish, and five oh, Jay Palmer's. Four laughing guineas, three firestones, two Aaron Bergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the tenth day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me ten Navy Andes, nine Chowborgazies, eight Storks a Dock, and seven Charlie's Joke, and six Byron's Fish, and five Jay Palmer's. Four laughing guineas, three firestones, two Aaron Bergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. Almost there. On the eleventh day <laughs> oh, of God. pit, Miss the no, Dark not. Lord sent to me oh. eleven Walmax first try, ten Navy Andes, nine Chowborgazies, eight Storks a Dock, and seven Charlie's Joke, and six Byron's Fish, and five J. Palmer's. Four laughing guineas, three firestones, two Aaron Bergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. On the twelfth day of pit, Miss the Dark Lord sent to me twelve Matt Grant's London Monkey, eleven Wilmax first try, seven Navy Indies, nine Chubbergies, eight Stocks of Stock, and seven Charlie's Joke, and six Byron's Fish, and five J. Palmer's. Four laughing guineas, three firestones, two Aaron Bergies, and Michelle in an oversized suit. Merry Christmas, Clues. Merry Christmas. What a beautiful tribute. I would change uh, Seven Charlie's joking to Seven Charlie's shaking. That's what I remember him most for, shaking the Dark Lord upon shaking. his first his mm. first meeting. That's just my note, but that was beautifully done. I'll take that note maybe next year okay maybe but that was fantastically done this is our final episode of this year other than a patreon that's going to be out on monday we will be discussing the top 10 most important things that happened in the recently concluded season 18 of the bachelorette 
And then we're going to be off that next week. And we'll have some old historical episodes to play for you in place of our normal ones. And then we're going to come back with a vengeance. January 4th, we're going to be doing our recap of Clayton Eckerd's first episode, the premiere of Bachelor Season 26. I can't wait to do that one. Good job, Clayton. I'm just going to say we're going to see <laughs> the highest level of play we've ever seen. <laughs> I'll just say that with certainty. Guaranteed. High it, level. It is guaranteed. So I hope that everyone tunes in for that. And I hope to see the ratings go back up with that season as well. I think it's going to. And again, we can't thank everybody enough for joining us in the pit for one more year of this strange ride as our book's about to come out. And we're going to have some new interesting merch to come out next year as well. Very early in the year. We can't wait to show you what that's all about. Yeah, only a few weeks left to pre-order the book. Some people are saying January 18th is second Christmas. So if your hmm. sad Christmas is over, guess what? Second Christmas right around the corner. Hadn't heard that yet. I said it last episode. Oh. <laughs> and before we go, as always, what <laughs> is that bat? It has been 7,214 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be our beloved game. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. 
As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines, and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix, just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, Mm. my favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my, my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want a wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. Sweaters, candles, the dreaded bathrobe. Unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura Frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabuli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, Frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. <laughs> 